G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So if God is a God of blessing, then what about all the suffering we go through? And anyway, if God does bless, does that just mean a new car and a bigger house? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a brand new series of messages called Blessed to be a Blessing. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called Blessed to Be a Blessing and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. It is just great to be with you again this week and we're starting a new series that I've called Blessed to Be a Blessing. There's some really important teaching going to happen over these next four weeks on the subject of God's blessing. Why is that important? Because I see so much misunderstanding about God and his heart and where he stands on blessing us. There seem to be a couple of extreme positions on this whole subject of God's blessing. Two opposite ends of the spectrum, if you like. On the one end... It goes something like this. God wants to bless me. Therefore, I should believe him for the new Mercedes convertible and and more money and a bigger house and a big diamond ring. In effect, it kind of reduces God down to some sort of sugar daddy. It's all about me. I am at center stage. I name it and I claim it. And you know something? Lots of Christians believe that. Now, the problem that I have with that end of the spectrum is that when I I take that and I hold it in one hand and I hold the cross of Christ in the other, when I look at Jesus, this Jesus who gave up everything for me, this Jesus who was nailed to a cross, beaten and bruised and brutalized, not even with the clothes on his back, and I compare those two things, you know something, this end of the spectrum over here jars with that, don't you think? I mean, and it leads to some of the worst excesses. The televangelists pressuring people for money and flying around in their private jets. Is that where that should end up? I mean, is that what God's blessing is all about? The other end of the spectrum is you have to be poor to serve God. Money is evil. In fact, we just had a phone call just the other evening in the middle of the night, someone responding to a program saying, money is evil. Well, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, but money itself isn't evil. People who are rich are evil. I was talking to a man in India recently. India, by and large, is a country of extremes. There's the very rich, and there's a large, large number of very, very poor people. And this man was being very critical of a Christian leader who just happened to have a nice house in a nice area. He believed that it was wrong for him to have money. Then I look at this end of the spectrum. You have to be a pauper to serve God. 
And then I go to the Bible and I read about Abraham, who was God's chosen man. He was very wealthy. I read about King Solomon. He was very wealthy. Yet King Solomon was still God's anointed leader over Israel. He was full of God's wisdom. Do you see the problem? You go to either end of the spectrum and you take teaching about God's blessing to the extreme. And, you know, I, I think you end up with the wrong answer. God, God is a God of balance. And when we look at our lives, what we see is that we go through times of blessing where there's joy and everything seems to be going well and we all go through difficult times. You see the problem? At one end, you can have people getting the extreme prosperity thing in their heads and we can end up thinking it's all about us. It plays right into the hands of the world. It's the, it's the me, 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 the next plasma TV, the next car, the next big thing. If you don't have that, obviously you don't have enough faith. On the other hand, if you have this perception that you have to be poor to be a Christian, well, if that were the case, who would ever fund the work of the Lord on this planet? God has always chosen to fund his work through his people. And then on top of the pure monetary thing, there's the reality of tragedy and pain and suffering. I mean, some of these things are indiscriminate. Earthquakes, tsunamis. A young person who loves God dies of cancer in a car crash, or there's divorce and there's retrenchment. There's all that stuff of life that we all experience sometime. Are you with me? So what's God's plan? Does God want to bless me or not? Is it okay for me to ask for his blessing? Is it okay for me to expect his blessing? Or is that presumptuous? This is an important question. It's in a sense where the rubber of faith hits the road of life. It's when it comes to faith in God being active right in the midst of life's realities. Today, the things we all have to face. We get up in the morning, we pray, we look forward to the day. How do I pray? What do I give thanks for? That difficult situation that's going to be confronting me at work today. Can I ask God to help me with that? Is God... In all of that, that's why we're doing this series, Blessed to Be a Blessing. I'm a simple man. I open the Bible, I see what God's Word says on a subject, and you know, God is largely a God of balance. I love to be empowered with God's Word, and hopefully as we share these next 20-25 minutes together, we will both be empowered by God's Word. The problem with teaching on blessing is that you just can't take one verse and say, that's it. See, God is a God who blesses. Therefore, I can ask him for the next big car. You end up with an extreme position. Just as if you say, you can't have any money to serve Jesus. You have to sell everything you have, give it all away, because Jesus did say that to one young ruler. I'd like to look at God's perspective. The whole thing is God a God who blesses, well, let's just start with what do we mean by the word bless? It has a number of different meanings, but the main connotation is God's divine favour. God intervening to make something better or to give us something that will bring us joy or happiness. Financial blessing, spiritual blessing, physical blessing, healing, anything and everything. God's divine favour, his blessing becoming active in our lives. The question is, is God in the blessing business? The word bless or blesses or blessed or blessing appears 358 times in the Bible. The first time you see it is in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. Let's go there and have a bit of a look at what God's up to. 
Genesis chapter 1 is the account of God's creation. He creates the light out of darkness and the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land and the plants. And the first time he creates a living creature, this is what he says. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to all their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God, listen to this, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. The second time that the concept of blessing happens in the Bible is in that same chapter, a few verses on, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, see there it is again, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. That's creation. Let me ask you something. Do you think God's in the business of blessing us? Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. In a world where success seems to be the holy grail, it's easy to get the wrong idea, I mean completely the wrong idea, about God's blessing. Being blessed, sure, that's great, but letting God's blessing flow through us is about a million times better. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Blessed to Be a Blessing, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you kind of think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, they say that God is a God of blessing. Hmm. So how come there's so much suffering in the world? What went wrong? How come I have to suffer? Where's God's blessing then? So we've looked at God's own account of his creation, Genesis chapter 1. The very first living creatures he creates, he blesses them. He says, go and multiply, increase in number and fill the earth. And he creates humanity man and woman, and he hands the whole of that creation over to them. What an enormous blessing. You and I are joint owners in creation. Why? Because God created us in his own image, and then he handed the whole thing over to us. Just stop and think about that for a minute. What a huge blessing. Right at the point of creation, 
God was in the blessing business. That's profound. And his plan for us was to live in relationship with him, Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. A perfect plan of blessing. And as you probably know, Adam and Eve rebelled. They did the one thing that God said, don't do. And there were consequences. Rebellion against God always has consequences. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth. Your desire will be for your husband and he'll rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Enter pain and suffering. Because humanity rebelled against God. And for the rest of the history of humanity, there are consequences. Now, you might say to me, Bernie, that is so insensitive. If there's a stillborn baby, if tens of thousands are killed in a tsunami, if some young teenager is raped and murdered, how can you say that? Here it is. God made us in his image. But when who he is doesn't suit us, we try and remake him into our image. God is a God of blessing. That was his plan. That's why he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But they rebelled. And when that happens, there's an interruption in the blessing. There's an interruption in the relationship with him. Have a look at it. In Leviticus chapter 26 is a perfect summary of where God stands on this. It's, it's a summary of the old covenant, the relationship between God and Israel. And he lays out the relationship in this chapter. Let, let's go there and begin at verse 1. He says, Don't make idols or set up a sacred stone for yourselves. Don't place a carved stone in your land to bow down to it, because I am the Lord your God. If you observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary, I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commandments, I will send rain in its season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees of the field will be full of fruit and your threshing will continue until grape harvest and grape harvest will continue until planting and you will eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. I will grant you peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid of them. I will remove savage beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through the country. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favour and make you fruitful and increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to make room for the new one. I'll put my dwelling place among you and I won't abhor you and I'll walk among you and be your God and you'll be my people. I'm the Lord God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with your heads high. But, but if you won't listen to me and carry out all these commandments and if you reject me and my decrees and you abhor my laws and fail to carry out those commandments and so violate this covenant, then I will do this. I will bring upon you sudden terror, wasting disease, and fever will destroy your sight and drain away your life. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will set my face against you so that you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will flee even when there is no one pursuing you. See, God 
first and foremost is a God of blessing. He wants to be in relationship with his people. And he is God. He gets to say this is how it is. And when Israel turned against him, there were consequences. And you and I both have rebelled against God. We both have turned our backs on God at some point in our lives. I was talking to a man just the other day. He's my own age. He's a good friend of mine. And he was talking about his three adult sons. This man had a dream to bless his sons. He's an entrepreneur. He's good at making money. He worked as a team with his sons. He wanted to build a a business empire and to see them blessed and, and their children blessed. But one by one, they rejected him and his plans. They didn't honor their father. They went their own way. They turned their backs on him. Sounds like a parable, doesn't it? This is a true story, a friend of mine. And this is what my friend said to me. He said, Bernie, I really wanted to bless them. I wanted to give to them. But now that they've rejected that in their self-centered, selfish ways, I can't. I can't bless them. And it's the greatest sadness of his life. That man is made in the image of God. What, what he's said about his heart to bless his sons is exactly, exactly where God is coming from. God is a God of blessing. But when we reject him, when humanity rejected him, when you and I as individuals rejected him, it interrupts the relationship. And it's in that relationship that we are blessed. That's God's plan. So we've all done that. Can can we still go to God and ask him to bless us? Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw even closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and you'll see that Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. So God is a God of blessing, and yet one who allows suffering too. Something for us to wrap our minds and our hearts around. And as we do that, I guess the next question has to be, can I ask God for his blessing? Is that okay? Or is that stepping over the mark? I hope that as we've looked into God's word so far on the program, it's had a profound impact on you. God's heart is to bless us. It's in his very nature. That's what creation was all about. A huge, abundant, indescribable blessing from him to us. But when we reject him, when we try to reconstruct God in our own image rather than accepting him for who he is, we interrupt that blessing. It's as simple as that. Now, we've all done that. 
So can we still ask God for his blessing, for his favour, for his grace? Absolutely, because God is a God of forgiveness. I'd like to take you a place, a prayer by a man called Jabez. Someone wrote a book about this a few years ago and it became very prominent. But this prayer is in the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It's in the middle of nine chapters of genealogy. You know, so-and-so begat so-and-so, who begat so-and-so, who begat so-and-so. Nine chapters. Riveting. Smack bang in the middle of that, God stops and tells us the story of this Jabez. Obviously, he thought it was important enough to break this riveting flow of the genealogies. Good stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the prayer of Jabez. Jabez was honoured more than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, saying, O God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, and that your hand might be with me, and that you might keep me from hurt and from harm. And God granted his request. Jabez gets called, You're a pain by his mother. Imagine if your mother or my mother named us that. Not a great start in life, is it? Mustn't have been for Jabez, because Jabez cried out to God. He cried out to him in desperation, out of his pain, out of his imperfect life, We don't know much more about him, but what we do know is that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and he rejected God in his life at some point just the way that you and I have. And in this desperation, he calls out to God. You might say, Bernie, how do you know that Jabez rebelled? Let me ask you, if you're a parent, what's the first or the second or the third word that every child learns? No, isn't it? And God's word clearly teaches that we all have turned our backs on him. So Jabez is a fallen man, just like you and I are fallen human beings. What does Jabez ask God? God, that you would bless me indeed. Not just any sort of blessing, an indeed blessing. Not just an ordinary blessing of God. I really, really, God, want you to bless me. Secondly, he asks God to enlarge his territory. In the Old Testament, land was very important in terms of blessing. I mean, land is somewhere we live. If you have a house in the suburbs, you might take that for granted. If you happen to live in a Liberian refugee camp in Sierra Leone, where you're listening to this program, you won't be taking land for granted. Jabez asks God to enlarge his territory. Thirdly, that God's hand might be with him. What a great blessing that is. And fourthly, that God would keep him from hurt and harm. And listen to what it says. Jabez is a person just like you and me. Listen to what it says next. It says, and God granted his request. This man put his faith in God, and he asked God for a blessing. Once I discovered this prayer, I started praying it regularly with my own twist. I said, God, that you would bless me indeed today. I, I want to see your presence. I want, I want you to be with me. God, that you would increase my borders and my territory, that more and more people would listen to these programs. You know, I started praying that two years ago when these programs were being listened by a few people on a few stations, and now they're listened to by hundreds of thousands, even millions of people in over 80 countries around the world. God answers those prayers. God, that you would send your hand with me, that doors would open for the work that we do, and that you would keep me from evil, that I wouldn't cause any pain. It's just what the Lord laid on the heart. The point is, we can ask God for blessing. God is a God of great blessing. And blessing happens in relationship with him. When we reject God, 
Listen to me. When we reject God, it breaks the blessing. Just like that friend of mine that I was talking about with his sons. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless me. And and there's a purpose. There's a reason for his blessing. It's not just for us. But as we'll see over the next few weeks on the program, God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. But right from the beginning, right from the first creature that he created on this earth, he wanted to bless them. And when he created humanity, he wanted to bless them. And when he had a relationship with his people Israel, he wanted to bless them. And we all turned our backs on him. And so God then gave us the greatest blessing that there could possibly be. He opened the door to a relationship with him through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. God is a God of blessing. Yes, we go through ups and downs in our lives. We're going to have a look at some of those things over the next few weeks. But when I open the Bible... I see a God who wants to engage not just with humanity as a whole, but with little people like you and me. And his heart is to bless us. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something really important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries not just to receive and experience the incredible blessings that they already have in Jesus Christ, but to share them around to make this a better world for God's glory. Amen. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. And in fact, each dollar that you give toward the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost three thousand people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now securely online by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.